Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z, where each week we look at three vote of Rav Moshe Feinstein and follow a theme going alphabetically from A to Z. This week, our theme is birth control, the letter B. Today we're going to be looking at two vote that relate to the woman's role in birth control, because almost always it is the woman who is using the various method of birth control, with the exception of the condom. And in these two vote, Rav Moshe addresses uh, the fact that the woman is not obligated in the mitzvah to have children. And therefore, what does that mean if, from the perspective of the mitzvah to have children, maybe he would not allow the couple to use birth control, the man to, to have the, his wife use birth control, but the woman is deciding to do it anyway, and she's not the one who is commanded in the mitzvah to have children. So how does that impact the sort of halachic decision-making around these issues. The first tshuva we're going to look at is from 1936. And again, one that he wrote before he emigrated into the United States. And it came a year after the tshuva we did last time about condoms. So it's quite fascinating that some of these core issues are being dealt with so early on. And also uh, uh, fascinating is that in the beginning of this tshuva, before he gets to this issue of the fact that the woman really is, to, in a major degree, the decision maker here, at the beginning of this tshuva, he relates to his earlier tshuva, groundbreaking tshuva, about the condom. This tshuva is, it's printed in Dalid Ayin in Evan Ezer 470, and here's what he writes. B'davrash elet gisenu, relating to the question of our brother-in-law, can you use a diaphragm if there's some risk of pregnancy? So he says, I've already written to you that I'm lenient about the diaphragm. And I solved all the difficult issues in the Gemara. Very long tshuva. It is a very long tshuva. And I've written about how diaphragms are permissible when there are health issues, certainly risk to life. And that's also the tshuva that he addresses the condom and says that that could sometimes be be permitted. And here the question he's dealing with is that a woman refuses to get pregnant. There is not a health issue. She does not want to have children. And she is using a diaphragm. And the question is, can her husband continue to have sex with her? Because also one could ask the question, is he obligated to divorce her? Because he won't be able to do the mitzvah of pruervu. If a diaphragm can sometimes be a problem, Rav Moshe said, of zerulavatala, of wasting seed when there's not a health reason to use it. So there's not a health reason to use it here. So it should not be permissible for the husband to have sex. And nevertheless, Rav Moshe concludes that the husband can continue to have sex with his wife. And here's what he says. First, in framing the issue, he writes as follows. In our great state of iniquity, it has become widespread among women who are of not sufficient, serious-minded enough, who are not sufficiently God-fearing. And now there's a widespread not to have large families, to have very small families. And this is something that Rav Moshe often touches on in a number of his tshuva about birth control, that whatever the technical halachic issues are, how do you deal with the fact that so many people are using this in a widespread fashion and are not, if not halachically, a problem of purvu, maybe they're having a boy and a girl, there are questions about how big the family has to be halachically. Nevertheless, they're certainly not living up to the ethos of purvu. And in a number of Chuvot, Rav Moshe actually says that he doesn't want to publicize his Chuvot about birth control. Every case is special. First of all, the circumstances are unique. And number two, because if they're too much publicized, people will apply them in a wide range of cases that they were not meant to be applied. So Rav Moshe is always very concerned with the shrinking family size within the 
the Jewish community, and certainly modern Orthodox families are a lot smaller than families in the Yeshivish community, and that was something that Rav Moshe was concerned about. So he says, we have this phenomenon, and the question is, if a man is married to such a woman, and I guess they didn't clarify this beforehand, but whatever, a man is married to a woman like this, um, and there's no health risk, is he allowed to continue to have sex with his wife and to stay married to his wife? So Rav Moshe says as following, if your wife, speaking to the man, is not interested in having sex with you in a way in which she can become pregnant, you don't have an obligation to have sex with her, the mitzvah of Ona. But that being said, if he doesn't want to divorce her, because according to halacha, if he can't do the mitzvah of Purvu, he's obligated to divorce his wife. But Rav Moshe acknowledges that people will, even if they're technically obligated, almost always choose to not do that. And he says, you know, you have kids you need to raise. Or maybe because he loves his wife. <laughs> That's a good reason. So then he says, even if she's using a diaphragm, which Rav Moshe says is a problem of wasting of seed, they can continue to have sex. Why? Because he says, remember, the reason I permitted the use of the moch is because in the right context, it's not considered to be zerilavatala. Because if there's a justifying reason why this is happening, so one justifying reason is the woman's health. But ultimately, there was a position of the re in Yivamot that said, even if this is just the way they want to have sex that leads to ejaculating outside the woman's body. Other forms of sexual activity between husband and wife, if that's what they desire, that is enough of a justifying reason, and it's no longer Levatala. So Rav Moshe says, if you follow that position, then since this is the only way the wife will agree to have sex, then it's not Levatala in this context, because this is the way that they can have marital sex once you start from the given that this is the reality of the wife's position. So he does not say, oh, but she doesn't have to have that position. No, once she has that position, this is the way they can have marital sex, and therefore, it's not Levatala. He says, The same way the re permits occasionally having sex in other ways that leads to ejaculating outside of the woman's body. So this is no different. This is You don't need a health reason. You just need that this is something that is part of what they want to be doing as part of marital sex. Now, then Rav Moshe gets into a question that the re only permitted it occasionally, and here this might be the way they're going to be for their entire marriage, and Rav Moshe says, but think for a moment. If it was a problem, you don't allow a violation if you do it only a few times. So why did the re say you can only do this occasionally? And Rav Moshe, in his earlier tshuva, develops the idea that the re was talking specifically about the issue of biyashalokadarka, anal intercourse. And there Rav Moshe says, that that seems to be bizarre, that somebody would want that. This is a whole separate discussion. And therefore, if it's regular, that's not something Halakha can understand as a normal type of a reality that we can give credence to. But here, Rav Moshe says, this is just their reality of how they want to be having marital sex, even if this is going to be the way it's going to be for their entire marriage. And therefore, it is not a problem according to this approach, because this is what marital sex means for this couple. This is very interesting because it also relates to questions about uh, the use of a condom. And would Rav Moshe only allow that for short periods of time or occasionally? Or if this is the only option available to the couple, 
Would he allow it ongoing? And certainly here, he seems to give the foundation for that approach. So the woman has made a decision, and the husband can choose to live with it or not. And Rav Moshe says, you can choose to live with it, and it's not a halachic problem. Or you certainly have a strong enough halachic position to rely on. Not all the positions that he laid out earlier would work with this, but many of them would. But then he ends his shuvah and says the following. Ulechein, therefore, b'shas hadachak gadol, in cases of great need. Now, what's the great need? That you have no other choice. He absolutely refuses to have sex if it might lead to pregnancy. And he doesn't want to divorce her. So that's basically the circumstances as we describe them. But Rav Moshe says, that is a shata dechakadol, a very exigent circumstance. And therefore he says, You can rely on the ri, and you can allow them to have sex with the diaphragm, even though otherwise that would be a zerolivatala problem. But then he says, And here becomes his concern that I mentioned earlier about the widespread nature of the practice of using birth control and how that's going against the ethos of having large families. He says, so in order not to lead to this, to this being used in a wide range of cases that he, Rav Moshe never intended, he says, Lo tov Do not publicize this. Just share it with people that are observant, that will know how to keep it private, that won't make this something that everybody knows about. That people will understand the circumstances and that there were no other options, and they'll limit it to that. Of course, what's fascinating is Rav Moshe did publish this shuva, but Rav Moshe was understanding that the only people who read Shuvot are Talmidei Chachamim. And he did not want people to be publicizing to the general public these positions. Nowadays, obviously, a lot of this information is readily and easily available, and that's a separate discussion. But it is interesting that with so many of Rav Moshe's Shuvot, even as he deals with the technical issue, there's often this concern about the widespread use of birth control. So this is one Shuva about the woman making a choice and the husband living with it. And the other one can be found in Evna Ezer 3.24, and this one does not have a date, and it seems that it is definitely much later than the other one, 1936. This volume was published in 1972, so it certainly is no later than 1972. So in this tshuva, he is dealing with the question of whether a woman can use the birth control pill, can choose to postpone having children, to not have more children, if most of is willing to consider that if they've already had a boy and a girl, because of general health issues. Now, general health issues, there's no risk, there's no there's no acute problem, and normally, Rav Moshe would say that's not a good reason, certainly not from the perspective of using something like a diaphragm, here's a pill, so that might be different, because that's no technical problems. Okay, there are no technical problems, but aren't there a problem of the mitzvah of Purvu? Don't you have to have as many kids as you can, and so on? And that's obviously a much larger discussion. But here's what Rav Moshe says about this. He says, to be shviel mitzvah sheves, he says, but, but it's the woman who is taking the pill. The question isn't the man's mitzvah purvu. The question is the woman's choice to take the pill. Now, does a woman have a mitzvah purvu? 
She does not. It's actually interesting. The Meshachachma writes that the reason the woman doesn't have the obligation to have children, even though she's the one having children, is because it's her body and it puts her life at risk and the Torah wanted to give her the freedom to choose to not have children. Of course, there's choosing to not have children by not getting married and then there's choosing to not have children when you're married to a man who has the mitzvah to have children. So if Moshe deals with this dynamic, the man has the mitzvah, the woman does not, and she's the one taking the birth control. So Rav Moshe says the only obligation that she has is the mitzvah of Sheves, based on a tosvos, one approach of a tosvos, an understanding that women have some more general obligation of having children, but it is not the specific concrete one of Purvu. And one of the ways in which this mitzvah is different from the mitzvah of Purvu is that it is a very low threshold in terms of when she doesn't have to do it. Since this is an idea of a way of building up the world, then a principle is, well, her health comes before, in terms of you build the world by taking care of your own health, and that comes before the idea of having children. So if Moshe says, therefore, if this is going to impact her more than it does a normal woman who has childbirth, very low threshold, it's just worse than normal women, then she no longer has a mitzvah of Sheves. And therefore, she can choose to use birth control, even though it prevents the man from fulfilling his mitzvah. Now, says Rav Moshe, the man is in this situation where he's not going to be doing the mitzvah. Halacha tells him he has to divorce his wife in order to do the mitzvah. So let's see what he says. But he would be obligated to divorce her, even though she's not doing anything wrong, but he has to have children. But then he ends, okay, he's obligated to divorce her, but bottom line... She's not obligated to have kids in this circumstance. She can choose to not have kids in order to preserve her health. So what's he telling me? He says, okay, she can do it. Not a problem for her. He has to divorce her. Okay, he has to divorce her. So it's not, they're not going to stay married. So how is this helping? But the answer is obvious. Rav Moshe is saying technically he has to divorce her, but he's not going to do it. And for already hundreds of years, the Ramah says, even when there are halachic cases in which we're supposed to force a husband to divorce his wife, we don't force people to divorce his wife. Rav Moshe and the Tshuva we read earlier recognize that there might technically be an obligation to divorce, but that's not going to happen in practice. You can't divorce a woman based on Chem Rabbeinu Gershom against her will. So technically he's obligated to divorce her, but that has really no practical ramifications. And in this short Tshuva, Rav Moshe basically pointed out that if there's not a technical issue, like taking the pill, you know, not other types of problems, and when it's just an issue of the mitzvah of purvu, if it's the woman who is the one who is using that birth control method, then she has a completely different standard than the husband's purvu. And if she makes this choice, then that can be a totally legitimate choice from her perspective. The reality, of course, is that often it's the husband and wife, one would hope, the husband and wife making this choice together, but it is interesting from the perspective of the halachic dynamics that the fact that she's the one using it actually opens up a much bigger door in terms of cases in which it would be halachically permissible at least for her to use birth control. It is interesting that most post nowadays don't address themselves to this for obvious reasons, but nevertheless, Rav Moshe has sort of laid out the reality that the woman is almost always the one who is using the methods of birth control, and that actually has real halachic implications. Thanks for listening to Igris Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. Don't forget to subscribe and check out yctorah.org to learn more.